What is going on, everybody? I hope you guys are all doing well out there. Before we get into today's show and what we're going to talk about, I just want to um, make note that the, the sound quality might not be as good on this show and, the, and a couple ones before this. I'm kind of in the process of moving and, and doing all that kind of stuff. Um, so I don't want too much time to go by um, before I'm able to set up my... It's not like we're like a professional studio or, or we got all this professional equipment, but I don't have my normal mic, and, and so sound quality might be a little different, but I've gotten good feedback on the last couple of shows, and so, you know, we're going to keep things rolling here despite maybe not having the the highest of sound quality. But um, in terms of what we're going to be talking about on today's show, I'm going to be talking about a listener uh, asked me a question. This was a while back. Wanted to know if base cards are just packing packing material and like kind of filler companies do away with base cards. Do base cards need to exist? What do you know? Are base cards going to be around maybe in four or five years? We'll talk about that. Talk about for some reason. DA Card World was doing illegal raffles or trying to do illegal raffles uh, last week or the week before. And that was really dumb. So I'll talk about that and how you really should be cautious of maybe spending some money with them in the next couple months. Brian Gray, if you don't know who that is, he owns uh, Leaf Cards, Leaf Trading Cards. He's suing uh, the Industry Summit organizer, Kevin Isaacson, for not allowing them to attend the event. Kevin, if you haven't heard yet, Kevin Isaacson is not allowing, I wasn't going to go to the Industry Summit this year, but my brother was was more than likely going to go. Um, he's not allowing my brother to go either. And so whew, that really changes my opinion on, on that event that I've promoted, you know, since I think 2010, 2011. Um, so I'll talk about that. Distributors dropped the price on this crap 2013 Panini football products. I, I told you guys in the summertime, before we even had maybe even preseason football, I told you guys football, 2013 football was going to be a waste of money this year. Waste of time, waste of money. Basketball, the same thing. I mean, God, basketball's horrible. When Michael Carter-Williams is like the best guy, he, he he's not even that good. Like Michael Carter Williams, most of you guys that that think of Michael, you guys probably have never even seen him play more than one game. I've probably seen him play at least 12, 13, 14 games. I watch basketball on a nightly basis. I watch four or five games a night. I'm flipping back and forth through all the games. I watch every single team. Michael Carter Williams is a role player in four or five years. Like a 14, 15, 16 point role player. On the the high upside, if if on his on the high end, he might be Aaron Aflalo, that kind of player, average nineteen twenty points in probably a contract year. And so, how much are Aaron, are Aaron Aflalo rookies like worth thousands of dollars? No, so don't waste your money on on Michael Carter Williams, and certainly don't waste your money on this Panini football crap or tops for that matter. We'll talk about that. Uh, 2014 Tops Baseball came out. I don't really have a whole lot to say about that. I really I haven't checked it out that much. And we'll talk maybe briefly at the end about the Super Bowl. Let's talk first about these idiots at... It, this is like the idiot show. We're going to talk about DA Card World Live Breaks. For some reason, thought on January 17th put out this tweet. DA Card World is proud to announce we are now doing Razzes. Which is like saying, I'm proud to announce I'm a murderer. I'm proud to announce I do illegal things. My business is now illegal. I'm proud to announce, uh, you know, anything after that, quote, illegal. So DA Cardwell on January 17th, 2014, was proud to announce they were doing razzes, which are, quote, raffles. 
They have to change the name to Raz's because if you put Raffle in your description in PayPal, it would immediately be declined or shut down or you'd be investigated. So they had to, this is why they're called Raz's. It's not because it's some special contest that's, you know, called a Raz. It's because they had to change the name because Raffle is illegal in every state in this country. And they say, go to dacardworld slash Raz's and any questions, email boxbakebrian at dacardworld. Well, and you know, a couple days later, I went, I, you know, I'm not following Twitter. I think I found this out through my brother. And so I went off on them. Went off on DA Carbrolds telling them, you know, they're idiots. This is stupid. This is a free roll for everybody. You can enter these razzes, not win, request your money, and get it back instantly. You could win. You could win the prize and get your money back. And let's, uh, real quickly, raffles, guys. Raffles are illegal, period. And you might ask, why are they illegal? Oh, well, there's something called the lottery in almost every state. And the, uh, who controls that? The government. And so if you want to make your raffle illegal, what do you got to do? Oh, you got to lobby the government. You got to hire lobbyists. You got to change the laws. You got to have carve outs for you like they do for horse racing, like they do for poker in some states, like they do for sports betting in some states, and like they do for Indian tribes. What did all those people do? They didn't just say, oh, yeah, we want a raffle and now it's legal. No, they, they gave millions of dollars, probably billions of dollars over, over for, for this long of time to politicians. You guys aren't going to make these raffles legal in sports cards. I don't care if everybody wins. And I want to make that clear. And every, a quote, everybody wins raffle is illegal, period. If one person wins, if 10 people win, if a million people win, it's illegal. It's because Steve Wynn, Sheldon Adelson, MGM, Caesars, all the Indian tribes, the state governments, education who gets money from the lottery, they all lobby the government to make these raffles illegal. Because if they weren't, if you think some stupid box break site like DA Cardwell is going to do a raffle, certainly more sophisticated companies like Pepsi could do a raffle or your local newspaper could do a raffle and it could really eat into the profits of Steve Wynn or an MGM or an Indian tribe. I mean, they're fighting over this online stuff that they're going to get a piece of. The the Indian tribe, especially out here in California, I know the, the law out here a little bit more, but in Nevada and Delaware and New Jersey, you have legal online poker, but it took a while to convince them that that was a good idea. A lot of these guys are scared that, that the online poker that they're going to profit from would take away from their, their brick-and-mortar casinos. So if you guys think these raffles are, oh, they, yeah, they'll become legal or they're not that illegal. No, this is one of the most illegal things you could do. And it, it just shows desperation by D.A. Carville. We talked about them a couple shows ago, how they had these hit parade packs. And maybe I should have started connecting the dots back then, but I actually thought those were a good idea. Repackage some crap that you have laying around and throw in a couple foo-foos. That actually might be illegal too. I was reading a lot about grab bag rolls and where if you, you sell grab bags with, with the odds of getting a, a particular prize, like a redemption card inside there for a top prize, that is illegal. More specifically in California, you cannot do that in California. Grab bag kind of technique like that. Grab bags themselves are not illegal in California, but grab bags where there is a prize, a promised prize inside 
that only one or a few people win is a is illegal. Illegal as, as the sky is blue in, in code whatever where they describe all kinds of gambling. It is there. Sports cards. All that stuff is in there. So I should have maybe connected the dots. These DA Card World Hit Parade Packs, probably a sign of a company that specialized in these unopened boxes. Now group breaks are eating into it. We have well, I'll talk about how 2013 football is not selling and neither is basketball for that matter. And so these guys are grasping at straws for profits. They're grasping, you know, for for profits that aren't there. And so they do these raffles, which are illegal, and are uh, and there's a reason why they're illegal because they're actually a really easy way to make money. You can, if, you, you know, how rich these these casinos are typically under a lot. Like Caesars is, you know, borderline bankrupt, and some of these other, um, you know, big, quote big casinos are really just big mountains of debt. But there's some that do really well. Um, you know, the Sheldon Anderson guy, he doesn't make much off the Palazzo or the Venetian, but over in Macau, you have guys betting $5 million a hand and he's making good money over there. So these hit parade packs, DA Cardinals was doing, uh, you know, it, it's a sign if, if they, if, if they have to mess around with these legal raffers and this repackaged junk and they they're running ads on google adwords which are wasting a lot of money i see them running broad-based ads on a lot of time on like financial sites and i see da cardwell that's a sign that they're paying more than 25 50 cents a click and that's too much especially when you're not driving them to a specific offer you can measure uh you know in terms of purchase so they're wasting money there and they're probably grasping at straws because they're not making as much money on traditional unopened box sales. You know, they have other competitors in the market. It used to be that they just had to compete with DA Cardworld and 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 and, and excuse me, DA Cardworld had to compete with Blowout and Card Shops. And now you know you have Panini kind of wrestling with maybe doing some direct uh, sales and Tops doing a little bit more direct sales. And I know they probably want to do more of that. Um, so you have some competition there, and their, their profits are definitely probably getting squeezed. And so you have them do illegal stuff. But would make me very weary. Don't recommend anybody shopping at DA Cardworld for several months now. I, I would stay totally clear of them. For my, even if they've treated you well for 10 years and you've never had any problem with them, I'd avoid them for a little while. This is really desperate. And if they get caught up in these illegal raffles... Eh, you might make a $300 order and their PayPal account gets frozen and all of a sudden you don't get your stuff because they don't have as much money as everybody thinks they have. Trust me, this DA card world is like a, you know, the owner doesn't make more than, the owner of these uh, of of these of these kind of companies, they don't make more than like a teacher or police officer. And everybody knows, I, I'm, a, I'm a son of two teachers. Believe me, I know they, they don't make that much money. So it's not like these guys are bawling and they're millionaires. And if 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 your three hundred dollar order gets shut out for some reason, they're going to be able to cover you. For everybody that followed poker back in the day, full tilt poker was supposed to be strapped up and supposed to have millions and millions of dollars. Well, that was four or five years, you know, three or four years ago they got busted. I guess people are just about to get their money back here in a month or two, and they were supposed to have millions and millions of dollars. They had to get bailed out to get your money back. If some other company didn't come in there and buy full tail poker, the hundreds of millions of dollars would have been gone. And that was a company that was like farting out money, literally farting money out. And DA Cardwell's never farted out money. Maybe back in, if they were around in 89 and 90 and 91 they were, but not anymore. This is a low, low margin business where 
you're lucky if you own one of these places and you make more than maybe a teacher or, like I said, a police officer. Well, actually, you'd make good money. Like, firemen make good money. And even teachers, you know, you, if you work a long time or you get in the right district or my dad actually taught was like a college professor. So, you know, you got to have a doctorate and master's and all that other stuff. So typically your salary is a little bit better. But it's not like you're a millionaire. Trust me. So neither are these group break places. So if they still, you know, if they stiff you, they're going to stiff you. And I'd be very careful. I'm not going to be on this show recommending, hey, yeah, guys, go shop at DA Card World. Like a lot of people probably will be when they're doing this illegal stuff. Seven months after I clowned on all these morons that were doing it. Anyways, Brian Gray. My boy, Brian Gray, I don't know this guy. I've never talked to him. Don't have any interest to either. Talking is suing. He's not talking to, I bet he's not doing a lot of talking to Kevin Isaac anymore. He's suing him because Industry Summit guy is, is banning Brian Gray, Leaf, he, who, who apparently did over $20 million, did about $20 million in sales last year. He can't come to the Industry Summit. And there's a lot of people there that, that sell Leaf stuff and probably were looking forward to Brian Gray. Not to mention Brian Gray had already spent five, six, seven thousand dollars on this industry summit and had bought a booth and probably had uh, employees that he was flying over and probably had hotels and other stuff that he was he was logistically planning for. And this industry summit guy says he can't come. Well, it's one thing to tell me. For those of you that don't know, I can't go to the industry summit. I wasn't gonna go anyways, but my brother was probably gonna go. We can't go either because, of, you know, I think a couple things we said last year. <laughs> so it just shows you, how sen first of all, how sensitive these people are. And when people are this sensitive, it shows you how little profits, how they're protecting them with like an iron fence. It's like, oh, if you say bad things on Twitter to like 200 people, I'm going to ban you. And if you make a speech that like maybe a thousand, maybe a thousand collectors listen to. I bet most of you out there probably didn't even listen to Brian Gray's speech at the summit last year. Well, he got banned for it. It just shows you how sensitive these guys are. You can you can put something on Twitter to what what if you have two thousand followers, three thousand followers, four thousand followers. A lot of these followers that Panini and Tops have are fake. They just went to Fiverr and and bought ten thousand followers. You can tell. That's what they did, um, especially Panini. Panini did that recently where they went to Fiverr and got twenty or 30,000 followers for five bucks or whatever. Um, what, 110% of those people maybe actually end up reading it and maybe have, forming their own opinion about it? Real sensitive. If you think only, you know, if you're worried about 200 collectors, 300 collectors, it just shows you how, how, uh, how desperate you are for them. And how desperate you are to have just the few people hanging on to, to your industry summit. And that's kind of how Kevin Isaacson feels. Because I think he probably sees the writing on the wall too. These industry, this industry summit is really, quote, the distributor summit. He has these distributors pay five, ten thousand dollars or whatever it is to come. And he, he gets ten thousand out of Tops and ten thousand out of Panini, ten thousand out of Brian Gray. And whoever else is an idiot. To, and honestly, you're an idiot to, to buy a booth there. Anyone that has bought a booth. And that goes for friends that I know. Mojo Break bought a booth last year. And I'd tell him to his face, that was stupid. You're paying four or $5,000 to get in front of... How many attendees were there last year? I think 400 and something. I think they had 400 and something. 
there. And you got to imagine there's a lot of duplicates there. There's, you know, two or three people representing a, a card shop and there's 10 people from uh, tops and there's 10 people from other places. So really you could divide that number in half. So you're paying $5,000, or $5,000 to get in front of 200 people. That is a rip off. That is like, you're paying over 20 or $30 a person. Imagine walking into the instrument, not having to pay anything, but every person that came up to you, you had to pay them 20 or $30. That's literally what you're doing with a booth there. You're paying four grand to get in front of 200 people. Doesn't make any sense. That's why sports car radio never wasted any money on a booth there. I mean, we paid $300 to go, but that's, you know, $300 is nothing. You're really paying about a dollar a person to get in front of people there. Because like I said, there's, you know, three, 400 people attend, but in terms of who might be your, and, and half aren't even your potential customers. You know, there's probably only about a hundred, I would say only about 190 to 250 unique people there representing unique businesses. And out of that many, probably even only 10% would be potential customers of yours. And so you're looking at 50 people. You just paid uh, over $100 a person. And you could run, I just mentioned how DA Carbo is probably wasting a little money on uh, Google AdWords. Uh, it's nothing compared to the Industry Summit. And that's why you don't see them there. You don't see DA Cardwell put up $5,000 for a booth or Blowout even goes there and puts up a booth or even check out my cards. They they would do kind of little sponsorships, but they never really, the times I've been, they've never had a booth or done stuff like that because really it's a waste of money. You're paying thousands of dollars to get in front of, you know, 20. You could just pay 300 and go in, go in and have the same exposure. But anyways, so I think Kevin Isaacson, he's really seen the writing on the wall probably too. He's realizing, ah, man, these group breakers, I don't even know if that's legal anymore. He didn't even know about group breaking. My brother had to explain uh, to Kevin Isaacson what group breaking was like a year or two ago. And straight from Kevin Isaacson, this shows you how smart this guy's an idiot. This guy said, oh, DA card rolled and blowout will never get into group breaking. Oh, well, who does group breaking now? Blowout and DA. And who does illegal raffles now? DA and Blowout did them too back in July. They both did. Shows you how stupid they are too. Gotta be, you gotta be smart in this business. And there's people out there that, that are real desperate in this business. And those are the people you gotta be, be the most careful about. I'm not sitting here saying don't go to the industry summit. If you're interested in going... For by all means, don't buy a booth. You're wasting your money. You might as well just pay the three, four hundred dollars or whatever it costs to get in. And you know, obviously, you're looking at other costs and stuff for hotels and things like that, um, and airflare or wherever you want to get there. Uh, but to me, it's worth it. Don't talk to the, don't talk to the quote. You know, the thirty-five k. You know, these guys that work for Tops and Panini. These are little guys. Even the guy, the CEO, and even the people that own these companies, they're little guys. This is a little, the guys all the way at the top, this is a little business for them. This is, sports cards is a little business for Madison Dearborn Partners. And sports cards is a real little, little business for Panini. They make almost 70, uh, uh, I saw a quote, 70% of Panini's collectibles division is through sticker album sales. So that means only 30% of that small, and that's just one small business because Panini is comic books and they have other distribution and they do other stuff in other countries. 
out of so they have like five businesses collectibles is is one of the smaller businesses that they have and only 30 percent of that is sports cards so it's a tiny 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 business so going to the industry summit is valuable but don't talk to those guys that make thirty-five thousand that work for panini or tops don't talk the ceo of a company is going to tell you the same thing every time you know who you should talk to is the people that are losing money Go to the industry summit and talk to all the card shop owners that are losing money, that probably lost money or barely scraped out $20,000 a year. Those are the people you want to talk to. And those are the people when I was there back in, I think I first went maybe in 2010 or 2011. Those are the, those are the only people I wanted to talk to. Anybody that wants to talk to these idiots that quote work for a card company, these guys are, these guys are nothing. Like I said on a podcast a while back, if, if you you out there, I know we have young listeners. Some of you might be 12, 13 years old, might be younger than that, might be around that age. Go to your mom. Stop. Pause the podcast. Go to your mom and say, Mom, I want to, when I grow up, I want to work for Panini America or Tops or Upper Deck or Leaf. And if your mom has any sense, your mom or dad, I don't care who it is, maybe your teacher, whoever it is. If they had any sense, they'd say, well, son, uh, you know, that's great. But maybe if you go to college and you study pretty hard, you'll get a better job than that. That's like saying, guys, I want to grow up and be, uh, you know, uh, I want to cut lawns for a living. I want to grow up and I want to work for, you know, the California Landscaping Company and make $35,000. That's what these guys do at, at Panini American Top. So don't go to the Industry Summit and talk to them. Don't talk to the Industry Summit organizer because he doesn't know anything about cards. He didn't know anything about group breaking. I first talked about group breaking in 2008. If you go back to show number 49, almost 100 podcasts. I've done almost 100 podcasts. And you know I don't do these. I don't do these every week like an idiot does. Not that much to talk about in cards. I first talked about one in 2008. I talked about group breaking in 2008. And this industry summit guy just figured it out last year. And he said, oh, blowout DA will never do group breaking. Uh, now they're both doing it, doing it. And so it's consolidated the business. If you guys didn't see this coming... This is why when you go to these industry events, be careful who you listen to. You might have went to the industry summit last year and been, oh, Kevin Isaacson, he's got to know about cards. He doesn't know shit. Neither do a lot of these guys that work for these companies. The guys that work for Tops are all like fresh-faced college kids that didn't really even collect cards or haven't collected cards in, since they were you know, eight or nine years old. And this was the only job that was available. Or this was, you know, the most intriguing job that was available. Cool, I'll go work for this baseball card company that I heard. The guys that are running tops right now, quote, running tops are about, you know, 24, 25 years old. They don't know anything about this hobby. You wonder why their products suck and why their customer service sucks. Because these guys have no idea how to run a business, let alone anything about cards. You got to be real, real careful in this business. There are a lot of people, you know... Talking and talking and talking, including myself, but at least I think most of you appreciate out there, I'll at least tell you the goddamn truth. Everybody else is trying to protect their wallet. 
I could care less if nobody listens to this, to this podcast. I mean, it's a freaking baseball cards podcast. What do I got? 100 listeners at the most? 200? Maybe? I don't know. Maybe it's more than that. Maybe, But it's not much more than that. I guarantee you. And these guys that run these industry summits, he realizes, mm, man, it's going to be hard charging people 4 or 5K to come here. Especially when people are getting bad mouth and stuff like that. So, oh, I got to ban it. Oh, but that's without any terms of service or anything like that. So we'll see what happens with this lawsuit. Something might have happened already, but I'm not sitting around following cards as closely as it may sound. Trust me. You make a lot more money following other businesses, and that's what I do every day. And, you know, every few weeks... I I get I did I start investigating cards and I realize oh god, industry summit guy's suing somebody and he doesn't even have a terms of service on his website. No, that's pretty stupid. Oh, Tops does another stupid thing. That's not surprising. Oh, Panini's 2013 uh, football products aren't selling. That's not surprising. You guys could have gone. I don't know what show I said it on, but it was this last summer. I think maybe after the first preseason game. I don't remember. I might have even been before the NFL started. I told you guys. It was going to suck. I, I think I even threw out examples. You guys should get into some fan items or start selling this or start selling this or start doing some other stuff. I never said do illegal raffles, but you know, you guys are on kind of the right idea there trying to find new revenue streams. It's just you guys aren't doing it legally or sustainable. Really, legal, the reason why I, I, I harp on, on, on these illegal raffles and these illegal ways to make money is it's not sustainable. Yeah, you guys might make $1,000. Yeah, you might make some money for even an extended period of time, 6, 8, 12 months. But at some point, the hammer's going to come down. And when the hammer comes down, I don't care about you. You were doing something illegal, but it's going to come come down on some people that might listen to this podcast or in this hobby. You guys are going to are going to roll them for money, and I don't want to see that happening. So this Panini 2013 football sucks. I mean, I think you guys all know this. They were trying to sell it for the same price as they were last year, and you guys aren't pulling anything out of this stuff that's worth any money. I mean, when freaking Eddie Lacy and Giovanni Bernard are like the best rookies, come on, I mean those guys. Those guys are like second string running backs, really, to be honest with you. I don't see any either of them becoming Emmett Smith or, or Barry Sanders or well, I mean, let's be real. And there's certainly no Russell Wilsons or freaking uh Robert Griffins in this draft either. So absolute football went from one twenty nine wholesale. This is wholesale. One twenty nine, so it should be about maybe one fifty uh retail. Went all the way down to $75 wholesale. You can buy absolute football, $75 wholesale. Limited football went from $80 wholesale down to $48. Panini momentum football. This is a big one. $160 wholesale. So it should be like $180, $200 a box retail. $89 wholesale. Panini playbook. Here's another one. $160 wholesale. So it should be about $180, $200 retail. $89 wholesale. Panini Rookies and Stars, $76 original wholesale, now $50. Panini Select Football, good brand, nice looking cards, $112 original wholesale, now you can get it for $67 wholesale. Panini Certified, $80 original wholesale, now $60. I mean, we're looking at some of these, yeah, $20, $30 here and there is a lot of money, but some of these went down a lot. Absolute and Momentum and Playbook went down a lot of money. Like we're talking $70, $80. We're talking like almost 50% reduction 
That's incredible. So you should feel, really, you should feel really stupid if you, I mean, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but it's really the truth. Again, if you listen to this show, you, I think you appreciate that I give it to you straight and I give it to you the truth, even though it might hurt your feelings a little bit. I want people to do that for me. If my show sucks or if my website sucks or whatever, if I make a bad investment or if I say something that's wrong, I want people to tell me passionately that I was wrong. Shows me that they care. Well, I'm showing you guys that I care about you. If you bought any of these products over the last couple months, you didn't listen to what I, I said and that you shouldn't buy any of this stuff and just wait till they do a pack promotion or wait till they do what they just did. Knock it down by 50%, 40%, 30% minimum. So if you bought into a group break, you got ripped off. You bought an open unopened box, you got ripped off. Certainly if you bought a case, you got ripped off. Any of this stuff, you got ripped off. And it's just going to keep going. Do, do not, do not buy any, I think there's Panini whatever coming out this month and there's Tops whatever football coming out. Don't buy it. It's going to go down in price. Don't listen to any of these other idiots too in the hobby, whether it's on a blog or another podcast or wherever, saying, oh yeah, you guys should check out Panini Spectra Football. You guys should check out Tops Triple Deck. No, nah, don't check it out. Don't check it out till they mark it down by 40, 50%. That's when you maybe check it out or wait until a lot of this. The time to check it out is probably in, wait until 2014 stuff starts coming out. Johnny Manziel, Teddy Bridgewater, Blake Borles, and all these other guys that are coming out. Wait until then. This stuff will go down in price even more if it hadn't already. But you guys got to be smart in this hobby. Don't buy any more 2013 football products unless it's 40 or 50% off original wholesale price, period. Don't buy it. Don't buy it. Same goes with this basketball. The price hasn't dropped as much, but just wait. Just wait on this basketball. It's going to be a box promotion at the National. They'll be giving it away, too. They'll have all these path promotions or these. they'll have some kind of Damon Lillard-type promotion where they'll incentivize you buying it. And then, and then you 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 might be able to get a decent value for it, but don't pay full price for it right now. God no, Michael Carter Williams and whoever else is the other rookie, Victor Oladipo. These guys are these guys are not twenty a point play. You know, really to be a superstar in the NBA, you got to be over like twenty five points a game. I mean, there's plenty of guys averaging twenty. Like I said, Aaron Aflalo averaging about twenty. Monte Ellis, I think, averages about eighteen, nineteen. How much are those guys' rookies worth? Are you guys running out and jumping over each other to get Monte Ellis and Aaron Aflalo rookies? Nah. That's who Victor Oladipo and, and Michael Carter-Williams will become in a couple years. They're not going to become Kevin Durant. They're not going to become Kobe. <laughs> God. Don't buy it. Don't buy into the crap. Next thing that we're going to talk about is... Let's talk about, a listener asked me about if base cards are just packaging filler and, and could companies do away with base cards? And I think in some sets they obviously have. I mean, in some sets, even if there is a base, it's numbered out of, you know, 249 or in some sets, real rare sets, it's 99 or less than that. Um, sometimes, you know, there's parallel versions. So in some ways they have gotten rid of the base card. Um, in terms of like a set like top series one no you'll never see the base card go away because that's i mean they have to print up a ton of this stuff they can't they can't eliminate a base card i also don't think you know i think 
I think I might have heard this argument before, but if you get rid of base cards, all of a sudden then the insert card becomes the base card. You know what I mean? So we'd, we'd start – if we're complaining about base cards now, we would then start complaining, oh, we get all these insert cards. We get all these insert cards that aren't worth that much. And so what I'd like to see the companies do with these base cards is incentivize the collecting of them all. And there's lots of ways they can do this. Uh, and most of these ideas I've gotten from other people, these are not my own ideas. And forgive me if you listen to this and you're like, I told that idiot that does that podcast, uh, that idea. Forgive me. I'm just kind of regurgitating ideas that I've heard through the grapevine. One one thing I thought is a great idea is incentivize collecting the base the base set by saying, okay, the first this is one way you could do it. You could say, okay, the first 99 people, 99 collectors that collect the entire base set and send it in to us will get a complete set numbered to 99. And I would do it like one per household. I wouldn't let one guy open up 50 cases and send it in and get all the all the sets. But, you know, the card companies are stupid. They probably allow that. But I would allow one per household or try to limit it to only one per person. I mean, there's lots of ways. You could send it under your sister's name or make up a fake name or whatever and send it in. But, you know, such is life in the in the card world. But I would incentivize it in some way. Say, hey, if you collect uh, the entire Allen and Ginter set, or the entire Top Series 1 set, or entire Panini Momentum Football set, the just the base cards, send it in, and we'll send you a complete set that's number 299, or 199, or 299, or 599, whatever it is. So it does, that does two things. It, it, it encouraged people to, to, to trade the base. If you don't want to be one of the people you know, trying to complete the set. Now you're going to be able to possibly move some of your base cards for some money because there's going to be collectors out there that want that that special set, that special collector set. Um, and if you are, and, and on top of that, you're sending the cards in. Ideally, you would want Panini and Tops to destroy the cards that you send them. If you send them a base set, we want those destroyed because for base cards to go up in value, we need them to be destroyed, essentially. We need them off the market because there's typically too many of them. And so this is one way to incentivize collecting them and 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 getting some of them out of the hands, but also, you know, giving collectors a new set, giving them, you know, this is what you get if you collect the whole set. And so I think that would be kind of an interesting thing. I think you'd have plenty of people go after those special chase sets to try to complete. Or, you know, maybe if it's, maybe if you don't want to do a complete set, maybe if you, if we send in 300 base cards, just send me one card. Maybe it's too expensive and too much work or whatever. I totally understand that for Penny. Maybe it's send it in and get a Black Friday pack or send in this set and get a, you know, set breakers black box or get this whatever card or, or get, you know, something random. It doesn't really matter, but I think that would be kind of interesting for collectors where we could open up a product, we could collect the whole set, and then we could send it in. You'd also have a secondary market of people that might complete the whole set and then sell it that way and say, hey, you can you can keep this set if you feel like it, but you could send it into Panini and get this other card. And I would put a time I would put a time frame on these so you really encourage people to open up this product and, and find all the base cards and put them together. I think that would be an interesting way to incentivize base cards. And that's really 
I don't know. I think I did have another idea for what they could do with base cards, but I think that's really what you have to do with base cards. Uh, outside of a few sets, Topps Heritage, Topps Series 1, um, even like a Topps Chrome, even, let me try to pick out a Panini set, Panini like Prism, um, and then maybe even like the higher end sets, they can keep doing what they're doing, like a Gold Standard or a Topps 5 Star. You can have the base cards in there, they're just numbered to, you know, $2.99 or, or $75 or whatever, and typically those have those do have value cards serial number cards whether it's a base card or an insert card typically have some value it's really just that un unnumbered base that really doesn't have a whole lot of value and i totally understand that so i would you know i wouldn't do away with base cards um completely maybe in certain sets like we said the one pack products or the really super premium products we might not need base cards certainly not more than one per pack i mean i've seen people open up 500 dollars boxes and there's like three base cards in there and it's like come on you know you really only need one in there but with some of this other stuff i would incentivize collecting these sets and uh have you complete the set and send it in and um, certainly there's some work there. It's not that Tops needs to sit there and count every single card. You know, there's probably two or three key cards in a set. They probably could speed up the process. Um, you know, just check, make sure you had the Derek Jeter in there, and make sure you had this in there, make sure whatever. Um, I would definitely have some rules and stipulation that you got to send it in in this kind of box. It's got to be in order. It's got to have this form and all this other stuff. So it made it easier on my end. Uh, it's like a Tops or Panini to fulfill this for you but um you know to 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 just summarize the listener's question i i think base cards right now are just material and kind of package filler but there's more that the companies could do with them they could they could incentivize them they could promote set building they could encourage it in ways that encouraged people and kind of incentivized people to do it more often and to do it for certain sets and such so um so in summary, I don't think they should do away with base cards completely, certainly in the higher end sets, but um, in this lower end stuff, I would incentivize it and, and create some kind of prize for completing the whole set. Even my, I've seen uh, back in the day, I think it was like Wild Card or somebody, Pacific, if you completed the whole set, they like guaranteed the value on it. They said you could send it in for a hundred bucks or whatever, or a box of this or whatever. I think they could even do that. Back up your product a little bit. Say, hey, if you collect the whole base set of 2014 tops and it's not worth $30 uh, in eight months, send it in and we'll send you $30, you know, a $30 coupon for uh, for tops.com or something like that. Or, or we'll send you we'll send you $30 off uh, at a card store or something like that. I think there's lots of things that they could do. This is also something you could do as a card store. If you if, if God knows, we. I've already explained that the people that work for these companies are lower end, 35K, and probably maybe even less money than that after you factor in cost of living and stuff like that. These guys don't make that much money. If, if these idiots at Tops and these idiots at Panini, they can't think of this stuff or they don't want to do it, it's too much work for them, or they can't, you know, get the clearance from the guy ahead of them that makes, you know, 50 grand or whatever. Do it yourself. Do it as a card shop owner. Say, hey, guys, Top Series 1's coming out. If you, any of my customers, whoever, any one of my customers that buy the boxes from me, I make sure they buy the boxes from you. Um, figure out a way you could monitor that in, in some way, certainly through customer orders and stuff like that. You could monitor it. Say, hey, if you complete the whole base set through buying boxes through me, I will... Uh, 
you know, or say, hey, you got to buy a minimum of five boxes to be eligible or something like that. Say, I'll send you this card or I'll send you uh, a gift certificate to my store. I'll send, I'll put you into this group break or whatever. Um, I would incentivize it for your own customers. This is not something you have to rely on Panini and Tops to do. But pff, relying on a DA card world or some of these group breakers that don't know anything about how to run a legitimate business, probably a little over their head too. But, you know, we'll, we'll move on. Last thing I want to talk about. Thanks again for the listener for throwing that out. If you have any questions, you can send them to me at sportscardshow at gmail.com or get at me on Twitter at sportscardradio. Last thing we'll talk about is the Super Bowl. I don't have a whole lot else to say here. I remember telling, uh, I remember being in Seattle a couple months ago, about a month ago, two months ago, and being like walking through the downtown and being like, man, if this, if they won the Super Bowl, it'd be a hell of a Super Bowl parade. So if anybody, I bet they're having it really soon. If anybody out there is listening and is in the Pacific Northwest region, I would get over there. The Super Bowl, Seattle is going to be awesome during the Super Bowl parade. I mean, the bars and the food and just the atmosphere is going to be incredible. I went to the Giants parade and, and my guess is, and that was, I went, I didn't go to the first Giants parade when we won, I think in 2010. I think I went to the one in 2000. 12 and believe me god i mean it, it was it was awesome and i can only imagine a team that's only a city that's only one one real chance i think they won like the they were saying it last night on the on the game the seattle's only experienced one major league title and that was like i think the 79 nba championship so i mean this is the one of the biggest supports in the world and certainly domestically um not necessarily the world but football is the biggest sport domestically. So Seattle's got to be on top of the world. It's it's. I feel good for, for the fans of that team. I don't feel bad for anybody of Denver because you really just, really, your team got good by handpicking a guy, paying him 20-something million. And, you know, Peyton's good. Peyton reminds me a lot of Tiger Woods. And I love Tiger Woods. Believe me, I love Tiger Woods. But Tiger Woods is no good when Tiger is four or five behind. Tiger Woods' record, I think they, they share it all the time when you watch golf. Tiger Woods, if he's more than a couple shots behind, almost never wins a tournament going into the final round. If Tiger Woods is, is five shots in the lead or, or more or, or right, right around there, he almost never loses. And that reminds me a lot of Peyton Manning. Not that Peyton Manning doesn't have comebacks and stuff like that, but Peyton Manning is a great front-running QB. If you're up by two scores... It's really hard to beat him, and we saw that throughout the whole regular season, and we even saw it in his career with Indianapolis. I mean, they were 10-0, like, I don't know how many times, and they won one Super Bowl against a really bad Bears team. They beat, like, Rex Grossman, and, like, I think maybe Cedric Benson was, like, the running back of those teams. I mean, it, it wasn't like they beat a great team. They beat a great defense, but Rex Grossman is, like, he sucks. So no wonder uh, Indianapolis was able to win. But, you know, Peyton, you know, once they got down in that game, it was over. He's not a come-from-behind come kind of guy. He's not like his brother even. Now, I'd rather have Eli. I think Eli makes a little less money. And, you know, that's a big thing in the NFL these days. Is if you're paying a quarterback as much as they're paying Peyton Manning, $20 million or whatever, it's not surprising to me that they, they're, they're not going to be able to, to win the big game. You're going to be able to get there, but with a $20 million QB, it's going to be hard to win the big game because you just cannot field a quality team 
uh, at other spots in the position, and it's going to get harder and harder for Denver. I mean, they're, they're, uh, if I was a Denver fan, I'd, I'd want Peyton Manning to move on as soon as possible, a.k.a. retire. Because it's not going to be easy winning a Super Bowl, paying a guy 20-something million dollars. We haven't seen many teams really even be able to do that. So not surprising what happened in the Super Bowl. I've been telling people I should have had a podcast because I've been, I, everybody was asking me all week who else I was rooting for in the Super Bowl. I was like, I'm rooting for Seattle. I hate Peyton Manning. I don't think he's that good. I mean, he's good, but like I said, he's a front runner. He's a front-running QB. He's not going to bring you back in, in back in a game. And we saw what happens. And, and certainly after the fact, I, I sound kind of like an idiot, I guess, myself. But uh, ask all my friends. I was telling them all week, eh, Peyton Manning's not really that good. And we saw what happens. His team's really not that good, mainly because he makes 20-something million and they can't really afford anybody else. Wait till they have to re-sign Moreno or re-sign Demarius or re-sign the tight end or re-sign, uh, you know, some offensive linemen and some guys on the defensive. A lot of the defensive guys left, I think. And granted, I know that Denver had some injuries. I know that some of their top defensive guys were hurt, not quite the same players they were maybe in the first year. Um but that's what happens in sports. Guys come up and down, they get hurt and stuff. So I'm sure Seattle had some injuries as well um, coming into the game and, and through the course of the season. And it's not like Seattle's all stacked up either. I mean, can you name, you know, four of their wide receivers? Before yesterday's game, obviously. I mean, most of us know Seattle pretty well now. But most people didn't even know who Richard Sherman was before he went off. And I love the hypocrisy in this hobby. Everybody's been sucking Richard Sherman off ever since he went off on Michael Crabtree. But if you go off like that in the sports card world, you don't get invited to the industry summit. Card companies aren't going to, you know, do anything for you. They're going to send you anything for free or anything like that. Oh, but if Richard Sherman, if one of the players does it, he's a god. But if you're in this hobby trying to improve for other people and you kind of say things that people, you know, maybe you kind of go over the top in the way you say things. Oh, you can't come to the Ninja Summit. Oh, you don't get anything. Oh, you know, ooh, you don't know what you're talking about. So, you know, to sum things up, people in this hobby, not necessarily the brightest tools or the sharpest tools in the shed. And you guys probably already knew that already. And I'm not saying I'm the sharpest tool in the shed. But I barely follow this industry. I don't follow Twitter. I get on there maybe once a week and talk to some people and tell everybody how stupid they are. I look at these companies and I see them doing the same thing they've been doing for the last 20 years. What does Panini and Tops and Upper Deck do that another company hasn't done in the last 20 years? Nothing. They don't do anything differently. And what is... what what? The, it's gotten more expensive. N- not only the royalties got to pay the NFL, but oh, these signatures are getting more and more expensive. And wait till those guys start figuring things out. Wait till the athletes start saying, ah, yeah, maybe I shouldn't sign for this company. Maybe I should ask for a lot more. These dumbass companies will give them the money and they'll go broke. But luckily, luckily, I'll try to end here on a bright note. Luckily, we've got an awesome, 
awesome NFL draft class, at least just on paper. And typically that's all you need with sports cards and, and, and hype in general and sports. All you need to be is on paper. And so we got Johnny Manziel. We got, uh, you know, I even saw Johnny Manziel. Um, it's not confirmed, I bet, but Press Pass put out a little sell sheet where they had Johnny Manziel. They advertised having Johnny Manziel on card autographs as a feature in the product. So, you know, not that Press Pass is always 100% accurate, but typically they only put the players up um, that they are confident they're going to get or have some kind of relationship they're working on or already ironed out. Um, and so that's good. Looks like Johnny's going to be signing. I was kind of worried that Johnny might do his own thing. Um, I think if he was smart, he would. But uh, he certainly is going to charge these guys a lot of money. I don't think you're going to see Johnny Manziel's fly out of cards, fly out of boxes. And Teddy Bridgewater, probably the same way. And some of these other guys, Blake Borles or whatever his name is, um, probably do the same thing. A.J. McCarron might be a top or an upper echelon quarterback pick too. Um, and there'll, there'll definitely be some wide receivers. I think we have a couple good wide receivers coming out in this draft. There's a couple good running backs coming out. I'm not 100% sure who's declared there or not, um, but there should be some really good, good talent in the NFL. And obviously the NBA is just going to be stacked to the max. I mean, we got teams. Teams have been tanking since since October in the NBA, and there's a reason why Michael Carter-Williams gets to play so much. It's not because he's that good. It's because he helps the team lose, honestly. Like Michael Carter Williams, if if Philly was trying to make the playoffs, Michael Carter Williams would would probably play about twenty minutes a game, twenty five minutes a game. They're not trying to win, make the playoffs; they're trying to lose. So imagine when Philly gets another top five pick next year. What Michael Carter? It's not like Michael Carter Williams is going to average another ten points a game. No, there's going to be another guy there that's going to take those 10, 15 points a game. Rookies tend to average fifty. You know, top top rookie will average 15, 16, 17 points a game. Michael Carter Williams isn't gonna isn't gonna go up uh, in in uh, you know his scoring average isn't gonna go up next year. And they have Nerlens Noel in the wings, and they're gonna have another top five pick, so they're gonna literally add two you know starters. Nerlens Noel not necessarily a, a score per se, but they're gonna add, they're gonna add guys in Philly that are gonna take away from the opportunity Michael Carter Williams gets. And the reason why they're playing him is they're they're trying to tank for that reason. So and you'll see tons of trades. The NBA is going to get real entertaining here in, in a week or two when, when, we, when we approach the trade deadline because you're going to have all these teams that are going to be trading. Some are going to be trading to, to move up and, and legitimately make the playoffs, but there are going to be a lot of teams that are going to be trying to trade to lose more so they could they could legitimately put out a horrible team and, and get a top pick um, So because next year's NBA draft is going to be awesome. And so is the NFL. NFL should be awesome. NBA should be awesome. And in a lot of ways, I'm kind of disappointed because it's going to give a reprieve to all these idiot card companies. That'll they're going to do the exact same thing they did the last 20 years, and certainly the last three or four years. They're going to do the exact same thing. And you'll see group breakers do the exact same thing. You'll see a bunch of new ones next year. You guys think that the group breaking uh, phenomenon, like guys aren't getting into group breaking as fast as they were in the past in terms of selling spots and starting their own quote. Group, I put this in real big air quotes, group-breaking company or business. Um, so you'll see a ton of people enter the market. If you if you were surprised, DA, card rolling, blowout, enter the market, trust me. Wouldn't surprise me next year if you had if you had Panini and Tops doing group-breaking. Maybe not that far, but you're going to have lots of people get into it next year because it's going to be real profitable and a lot better than it was this year. So save your money. My last bit of advice here, if you go all the way back to the, the show number 49, 
I probably talked a little, that was in 2008, so I probably talked a little bit about saving your money. Now, the stock market was probably about, I don't know, you know, a good 300% less than it is now, two, 300%, and you probably should save a little money, and that's what you should be doing next year. Don't go all, uh, you know, go all in next year, but save some of that money. Don't just take all your profits and, and put it into a booth at some stupid industry summit or take all your profits and put it into something. Save some of it. Put it in the bank. Same as, as you as a customer out there. We've had a bad year. Hopefully you guys realized that from when I told you, you know, seven, eight months ago, I told you how much this stuff was going to suck. Hopefully you guys listened. And you saved a little bit. Save a little money. It's okay to have a, you know, I think I heard some basketball player the other day. You you know, you can invest in stocks. You can invest in bonds. You can invest in real estate. You can invest in classic cars or whatever you want to invest in. In a lot of ways, you can lose some money in there. But I heard about, I think it was Antonio Gates maybe said, you know, nobody's ever lost any money saving money. Obviously, if you save money with Bernie Madoff or somebody like that, you're going to lose money. But if you just put some money in, in into a bank account, sure, it's boring Right now, you're not getting you're 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 actually probably losing money with inflation and all this other stuff. You're probably in opportunities to be in the stock market. You're losing a little money, but you know we've seen over the last week or so, stock markets really pulled back. Last two weeks or last month or so, it's pulled back as as expected, and which is good. I love it when it when we start pulling back and we start moving around big big percentage points and people start getting scared. That's when you make a lot of money when people are scared to scared to save their money. Um, you know, save a little money out there don't just spend all your money on cards spend every last dime you have and if you're a company quote company or a business trying to make money in cards for god's i mean god i pray to god you guys save a little money if you had a you know a hundred thousand dollars in sales which is really not that much or even a million dollars in sales it's not really that much and if you don't have five figures if you had a million dollars in sales and you don't have five figures kind of in in just liquid cash you didn't save enough. You didn't save enough money. And if you had a hundred thousand in sales and you don't have, say, you know, again, your profit's going to be slim, probably twenty percent. So you probably only made, you know, twenty or thirty grand on that, and you got to live. You probably should have at least a thousand or two, in just liquid cash, either invested in some kind of mutual fund or something like that. And certainly, if you're a collector over this last year and you're paying, hopefully, you weren't paying full price for this stuff. Now it's on sale. So you should save a little money. Take that extra money and don't just dump it into cards. You know, save some of it. And people out there in this hobby, do not listen to them if they're telling you, buy, buy, buy. For the last seven months, people, there's people in this hobby that have been like, oh, Tops, the, you know, uh, Panini Momentum came out. Guys, it's a great set. I love the look of the base cards. That's 50% off. Nobody was telling you that. And it was obvious. It was obvious this stuff was going to go down. Absolute sucks. Momentum sucks. Playbook was even worse. Select basketball sucks. Certified football sucks. So be careful out there. Save some money. That's the most important thing. If you picked anything up through this whole podcast, save some save some money. Don't don't just blow it all on this crap. And on that note, folks, we are out of here.